as we begin this morning to worship God on this beautiful, uh, sunny, wintered morning, our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, peace be unto you, my peace I give to you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. We're called to worship today with words from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? One thing we ask of the Lord, and this we will seek, to live in the presence of God, to see the beauty of God, to seek the truth of God. Come, let us worship the Lord. Remember that our Lord Jesus Christ is able to sympathize with us in our weakness. Since in every respect he was tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Let us pray. Have mercy, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Gracious God, your Son, Jesus Christ, wept over Jerusalem and longs to gather your children under the wings of your love. We confess that often our thoughts, words, and actions have betrayed the goodness you have shown to us. We have spurned your word and grieved your heart. Forgive us, loving God. Though we have wandered far from home, help us to know that we are never out of the reach of your love. Give us grace to hear your call so that we might return to you. Lead us again to embrace the truth of your word and to trust your never-failing love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Restore in us such love and trust that we may walk in your ways and delight in doing your will. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us of all sin. Give us clean hearts, O God, and put a new and right spirit within us. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, and so let us live.
As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts, let us lift them to the Lord our God. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the way of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Our scripture text this morning for the first lesson comes to us from Psalm 27, where strength is promised to those who wait for the Lord. Hear now the word of God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in, the shelter of, in, the day, in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading comes to us from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. In this passage, the Pharisees warn Jesus of Herod's threat on his life. Hear the word of God. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, 
And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is a tendency among people of faith to believe that somehow or other we ought to be or are exceptions to the rules of life. As Christians, when bad things happen to us, the first words out of our mouth usually are what? Why me? Why now? And then if we're really pious, we ask, what for? The lie of Lenten season that we want to contend with today is the lie of exception. The belief that somehow or other, because we are people of faith, bad things shouldn't happen to us. That life shouldn't be tough sometimes. That somehow or other, the difficulties of life should be less difficult because we are people of faith. This passage in the book of Luke is probably one of the most difficult passages to exegete, to explain, to interpret, if you will. It is a passage that does not make a lot of sense to many interpreters simply because in the other Gospels outside of Luke, the Pharisees are the enemy. They are the bad guys. They wear the black hat. In Luke, the Pharisees are actually the good guys. They come to Jesus in verse 31 and warn him that Herod is after him. And Jesus' response to them is to go back and, of course, tell him what he's up to, what he's doing, and to warn him that nothing really can happen to him until he gets to Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents the place where God is, the place that God dwells. The heart of the Jewish faith, of course, has always been the temple in Jerusalem. Jerusalem has represented the city of Zion from the Old Testament into the New. It becomes a place where we all are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because it is the dwelling place of God. Sometimes we forget as Christians that we ourselves are called the new Jerusalem. That the body of Christ, those who are related by faith to Christ, are entitled to the title of new Jerusalem. We are the city of God, the new city of God. And during the Lenten season, it is important for us to ask very, very heart. Uh, heartened by the words of this passage, ask ourselves indeed how we are looking and treating the message of this gospel that is being brought by Christ. The exception, the idea that somehow or other in our lives, if we are Christians, It should go well. 
It should always work out. It should not be this hard. Jesus confronts this with a very, very important principle. And that is that when we fail to understand that we are the dwelling place of God, that we are the focus of God's work, when we, as God's people, are the walking temples of the living God in the world, that wherever we are, we bring God's presence into the place where we are. That this idea that somehow God is localized in one place is no longer true. That when we are in our workplace, when we are in our our beds at night, when we are in our homes, when we are in our schools, when we are walking on the streets, we are the walking presence of God. The judgment that Jesus speaks to the Jews in this passage and to the people of Jerusalem, a very significant one. He says to them in verse 35, See, your house is left to you. What does that mean? Well, Jerusalem was where the temple was, and the temple was the house of God. What Jesus is saying to the Jewish people is, there is going to come a time when I will no longer dwell there. It will not be the place where you go to find me. And you will find me when I come to you And then you will say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Speaking, of course, of his coming in the future, in glory. So in this text, Jesus is speaking very, very strong words to the Jews, to the Jewish community, to the people of Jerusalem, to the people of faith in his time, and saying very succinctly, if you do not listen, if you cannot hear, the consequence is severe. And so it calls us to ask ourselves in our own lives and in our own ways, have we in any way, shape, or form somehow excluded this presence of God in our understanding of our own lives? Have we somehow said that because we have confessed our faith in Christ and have made confession and have been baptized, that somehow or other we have got something guaranteed to us that does not require constant care and nurture. It is important for us to remember during the Lenten season a lesson that former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright learned from Eli Weissel. She writes, not long after September 11, I was on a panel with Eli Weissel. He asked me to name the unhappiest character in the Bible. Some in our group said Joe because of the trials that he endured. Some said Moses because he was denied entry into the promised land. Some said the Virgin Mary because she witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus, her son. Weasel said he believed the right answer was God because of the pain that God must have surely felt in seeing his people fight 
kill and abuse each other in his own name. It is important for us as God's people, as God's people, to ask how in our time can we be a people of peace? Can we be a people of love? Can we be a people who nurture harmony, communication, thoughtfulness, kindness, all of the fruits of the Spirit, rather than finding the ways in which we are so opposite and different, finding ways in which we share, ways in which we understand. Leslie Newbigin, in his book on pluralism in faith, said that no matter whether you are Jewish or Christian or Muslim or whatever, there's two things that tie all human faith together. One of them is spirituality, and the other is service. I think that in these times, we need to ask ourselves specifically, in what ways does our spiritual life get reflected in how we live? And is it reflected, is it expressed in service to others? We as a congregation have taken that route. And we've taken it very seriously. We have, in the past four or five years, deliberately taken a path of service to our larger community in ministries like the food pantry and the men's shelter, the fish shelter, and others. We have even opened ourselves to the fact that other traditions can worship in our, in our buildings and share our space with us. But it is important for us always to continue to ask, do we understand who we are? Do we understand that we are not such privileged people that somehow or other we take for granted our relationship to God in Christ? It is important, I believe, for us to understand what Packer wrote in one of his books He said, you sum up the whole New Testament teaching in a single phrase. If you speak of it as a revelation of the fatherhood of the Holy Creator. In the same way you sum up the whole of the New Testament religion, if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's own Holy Father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, Packer writes, Find out how much they make of the thought of being God's child and having God as their father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls their worship and prayers and their whole outlook on life, it means that they do not understand Christianity very well at all. Today, if we are indeed the children of God, We are not accepted from the rules and the problems and the principles of struggle in life. But likewise, we are not abandoned. We build our faith and our life and our service and our spirituality on this one concept, that in Jesus Christ, we are the children of God. 
that we are children of a Father who loves us and cares for us and has brought to us the good news, who has blessed us with an identity of being children under his care. During the Lenten season, as we reflect on the reality of our relationship to God as God's children, may these questions, these issues, these thoughts penetrate deep into our hearts and enable us to come to a deeper understanding of not only who we are, but who God is in our lives. Let us pray. O Lord, we are sometimes deceived by hearts that are most deceptive, as Jeremiah speaks. Hearts that somehow tell us that we should be above it all, that the fray of life, the struggles, the conflicts, the difficulties, they shouldn't touch on our shores, but they do. Enable us, O Lord, to embrace the truth that you are with us always, that your love is constantly calling to us to be your people in this world, to be people of spirit and to be people of service. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Bulletin for the com- our confession of faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together confessing, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God has been good to us in giving us all good things, and so we return our gifts and tithes and offerings to God in thanksgiving for such blessedness. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for the gifts that you have given to us in Jesus Christ, who not only has saved us from sin, but has made us whole by faith in his precious blood. Enable us this day, O Lord, to be your people, sharing in the gifts that you have given to us with a world in need. For we pray it in your name. Amen. You may be seated. This time I invite the elders to come forward for the intercession for healing and wholeness. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Let us pray. O God the Father, whose will for us and for all your people is health and salvation, have mercy on us and hear our prayer. O God the Son, who came that we might have life and have it in abundance, have mercy on us and hear our prayer. 
O God, the Holy Spirit, whose indwelling makes your your bodies the temples of your presence, have mercy on us and hear your prayer. O triune God, we pray you to hear us and that you will grant your grace to all who stand in need of healing, both of body and spirit, and lead them to look with confidence to you, especially Charles, Julia, Joe, Ruth, Margaret, Sarah, Shelley, Jay, Ginny, DJ, and Robin. O wise God, we pray you to hear us, and that in your providential grace you will grant guidance, discernment, and direction to all in need of it, and lead them to look with confidence to you, especially Heather, Russell, Christina, and the following families who have recently suffered losses. O'Shea, Bullhauer, Fisher, Levinsky, Kosker, Harding, Delfino, DiStefano, and Austin. And also those celebrating birthdays this past month. Alyssa, Troy, Marilyn, Brian, Helen, Sam, Michael, Emily, and Elizabeth. O God, who in Jesus Christ called us out of the darkness into your marvelous light, enable us always to declare your wonderful deeds, thank you for your steadfast love, and praise you with heart, soul, mind, and strength, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who sent forth his disciples to preach the kingdom of God and to heal, we invite you who wish to receive the laying on of hands and the anointing with oil to come forward. If you desire us to come to you, please raise your hand or ask a neighbor to do so for you. We invite all here present to participate in this act of faith through the offering of silent prayers for those who seek Christian healing. Let us pray together the prayer of thanksgiving. Most gracious God, source of all healing, we give thanks to you for all your gifts, but most of all for the gift of your Son, through whom you gave and still give health and salvation to all who believe as we wait in expectation for the coming of that day when suffering and pain shall be no more. Help us by your Holy Spirit to be assured of your power in our lives and to trust in your eternal love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to boldly pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In your bulletin this morning, there are lots of uh, information sheets. Um, Kathy has uh, put in the dates, uh, the various dates for the month of March. And uh, I want to... uh, Briefly call your attention to those. Um, Monday, Thursday evening, we will celebrate the Jewish Seder, uh, which is the prelude to the celebration of Holy Communion. And on Good Friday, we will have the noontime Passion reading uh, with a service of healing. Um, Easter Sunday is the last Sunday of the month. And so we thought perhaps doing the healing service on Good Friday um, uh, would free us up on Sunday morning of that that, uh, litany as well. Tuesday nights, 6 o'clock, 8 to 8.30, we uh, are looking at uh, films together and eating homemade soup. Um, 
We started this past Tuesday with the snow walker. Uh, had some folks uh, um, express a real um, um, positive attitude towards the whole idea of sitting there watching and then talking about the film uh, and also sharing in the food around the table. I want to invite as many of you as are able to come. Tuesday night, the 26th, is coming Tuesday for a movie entitled Henry Poole is Here. The story revolves around uh, the actual presence of God in the routine of life. Um, gentleman has a water stain on his house uh, that becomes the focus of attention in his community. And we'll talk about the, that around, uh, around the soup as well. I believe Williamson's have signed up for this Tuesday. Yeah. Also, you'll find in your bulletin this morning the sermon series uh, for Lent. I want to remind you that Lent, the fourth Sunday of Lent, March 10, um, I will be gone and Annie Hayes will be preaching. And uh, she has chosen text and title that's different from the series. So please, uh, uh, please don't hold her to that te- text sermon title uh, come her Sunday morning. Um, there's some good news about the cookie sale. Uh, we raised over $260 in the cookie sale, and that will go towards our, um, our mission offering. Um, also, the, uh, there's a brief description of our thrift store ministry. Um, yesterday, I believe, we had a really good day, if I saw the figures correctly on the envelope, Jackie. Um, and uh, also to remind you that we're not done with winter yet. If we do get a bad storm, in the next few weeks uh, before spring arrives, uh, there is the inclement weather um, announcement about how we will notify each other. Are there any announcements that I've missed or didn't make the bulletin? Yeah, we, we are responsible. Yeah, we're responsible for helping to pay the cost of going to the laundromat on Thursday nights. So we try to do that during the coffee hours before the fish shelter. Um, it's actually the only outright financial assistance we give to the program. So, Okay. All right. The thrift shop could use any Easter decorations or um, Easter-themed articles uh, if you want to donate, jewelry, uh, whatever. Uh, Jackie's uh, willing to put that out and make it something, a special theme for the, for the month of March and April. Then would you please uh, stand with me and join in singing in your green hymnal, hymn number 205. Healer of our every ill. <laughs> 